You're listening to the best morning routine ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lunid, and today I have the honor of introducing a very special guest to the show, Valerie Ellis. Valerie is an artist, used to be a psychotherapist, and now she is combining aesthetics and um, feminism as well as psychology to create what she does now, spreading herself too thin. We're going to talk more about that, what that means. And she has been doing this for several years now and you know Valerie I spoke to you a little bit before you got on and I know you love what you do and you love 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 being able to help people and so we want to talk more about what that entail and so with no further ado Valerie welcomes to the show. Thank you Dr. Lenid. I appreciate you inviting me on. I'm here in the UK you're over there in America aren't you? Uh-huh San Diego yeah. <laughs> Probably sunnier than we have in currently in the UK. <laughs> I, yeah, I know the weather in the UK. It's it's gloomy, but the UK is pretty beautiful, though. Um, so yeah. I've visited. It's quite, um, I would say, uh, artistic, right, in its own way. It is. It's very charming and old-fashioned and... It, there's a lot of countryside, and I think it, it's the charm and the romance that the UK has, for sure, if not yeah. the weather, if not the sunny weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't go there for the weather. No, we, don't, we, we don't do that very well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Valerie, tell us a bit more about, about your journey. You know, you studied psychology, you worked in the field for several years, and now you're in the art space. Um, tell That's us about right. that transition. Yeah, well, I, I studied psychology for my own reasons. I... I mean, I, I'm sure there are some people who have lovely experiences of life and just they're genuinely passionate about the idea of psychology and helping people, other people. But certainly for me, it came out of my own experience where both of my parents came from difficult parents. And so they had, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't great parents, which I know a lot of people listening will have experienced that it's not just their parents who aren't great at the job. Their parents are bad. Mm-hmm. So you can see it intergenerationally, you know. And so I ran away from home at sort of 17, 18. And I ran away all the way from the UK to Australia yeah. because I had some uh, people there that I knew. And although the problem was, of course, as we all discover when we do that, you can't run away from you. Mm-hmm. So I had a lovely boyfriend at the time when I was a young person who understood how unhappy I was because of my childhood. He gave me a book on psychology and it just, it's such a cliche, but it changed my life. <laughs> it My family were not self-aware at all. I had no idea that I had an inner life. And the book explained to me that I had an inner life. I had motivations, hopes, dreams, pain, hurt, and how to do something about it. And I was so Mm -hmm. uh, transformed by that that I thought, right, I'm doing a degree in psychology. So I studied, Mm -hmm. re-studied, went back to school and went to university in Australia and studied psychology and graduated and then had a career for 20 years helping other people. So, and of course, Mm -hmm. along the way, I'm helping myself learn and grow Mm -hmm. along the way. And at the end of that uh, 20 years, though, I realized that the reason I'd studied psychology was because of the hurt that I'd experienced, not because 
That's truly who I was as a person. I was good at it. But if I hadn't had that difficult childhood, if I'd had a more loving and supportive childhood, that's not the career I'd have had. I would have been an artist. That's my natural talent. So there does come a point in your life where you think, oh, if I'm going to change my life, it needs to be now rather than later. So I decided about four or five years ago, I'm going to go back to the art. I'm going to fulfill, finish with psychology, finish with fixing myself Mm -hmm. and restart the art, refine that, uh, fulfill my potential in that respect. So eventually I left Australia and came back to the UK where since then I've established a studio, had a few exhibitions in London. I've been recognised by the Luxembourg Art Prize Committee, which is it's a pretty fancy art prize internationally. There's a pop singer here, Beverly Knight. I was selected by Beverly Knight, one of my yeah. paintings to go into a discern art exhibition and competition in London. So yeah. I've had some success, which I think for me underlines the rightness of the move, that mm. this is truly who I am, an artist, and that it's being validated by what's going on around me. So currently today as we sit here, I'm in a studio on the far, far west of London preparing for this year's artworks and exhibitions. You know, this is very inspiring and I'm smiling ear to ear for you because I am happy that you made the change after 20 years. It's telling us that it's never too late. It's never too late to follow your dreams. It's never too late to follow your purpose because you had a very successful life as a psychotherapist. Um, You were able to do some drastic changes with yourself. There is a quote that says, and you embody it, there are two important days in your life. The day you were born and the day you found out why. Ah, I like that. Uh, Three, four years ago, you made the change and everything is in alignment because it's working so easily for you, right? So it's just confirmation, proof of concept, essentially. (laughs) It's proof of concept. I wouldn't, look, I've told you the abridged version of the story. I can assure you it's a lot more complicated and difficult than that. There are certainly ups and downs to it, but the ups are, are really validate that this is the right thing to do. It's who I am. It's it's living my purpose, who I mm-hmm. actually am as a person. But I think never, no one should ever assume because you're living what's right for you that it will automatically be easy. That's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. A lot of people assume, oh, if it gets hard, it means you're not supposed to do it. No, 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 no. Knowing you're supposed to do it is a very different feeling than the feeling of this is easy. Mm-hmm. So don't make that mistake. That is very good. Yeah, very, very sound good advice. Because I want to tap into that a little bit about, you know, living your purpose. There's no easy way about it. But what are the some of the the skills embodied to actually recognize that? What do you what did you have to do? I think it's very important that we're honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. that and I think a lot of women in particular struggle with liking themselves, validating themselves, acknowledging that they're good at something. So you, I can guarantee this to you, not in a fluffy dolphins and crystals way. I can guarantee you have a talent. You, everybody does. I, I, yeah. say, I mean, I mean this seriously, scientifically, you do have a talent and you probably already actually know what it is. Mm-hmm. You might just be uncomfortable saying it out loud or acknowledging it at all or backing it up. So the, the next thing after you've identified it and you need to be honest mm-hmm. about what you're good at is find other people who already do what you're good at. A mistake we make is 
um, sort of reinventing the wheel, refinding the pathway. Don't worry about that. People have already blazed the trail for mm-hmm. you. You can tootle along behind them. You can walk <laughs> along the pathway behind the people who are already doing what you want to do, catch up quickly. So you don't, you don't have to spend decades catching up, mm-hmm. whether you want to be a ballet dancer, an artist, or a chef, or I don't know, a carpet layer or whatever else, you know, that's fine, <laughs> whatever you want. People are already doing it. So find them and learn from them how to get there quickly, how to do it right would be my next thing of advice. Yeah, um, no need to reinvent the wheel. Um, and that's the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. The importance of absolutely. you are the average of the five people you hang out with. Yeah, absolutely. People who you can learn from, people who will support and back you, and people who will, I wouldn't challenge you, not in an unkind way, but expect the best from you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not everyone needs to be, you know, cute with you. Um, find people who are going to expect the best from you with what you do as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that's the next step. And then, as I say, Probably the third thing, don't assume it's easy. Actually, I would go so far as to say assume it's going to be hard because Mm -hmm. anything that you want to accomplish of significance is hard. The easy things in life are insignificant generally. So it's going to be difficult. And the fourth thing would be expect it to take time. It's not, it very rarely would would there be a sort of magical overnight, overweek, overmonth transformation it will take time. It's a process to get to where you want to be. So they're the four points I would make about that. Yeah, very nice. Um, tell us about the Spread Too Thin exhibition. So I had worked in oil paint um, because I like classical art, but it I had been working towards using paper. So in 2021, I did a series called First Impressions where I used crumpled paper to symbolise the first impressions that are made on us by our parents. I mean, I've mm-hmm. always got to be in my bonnet about that. So, you know, the first impressions made on us, on a lot of us crumple us, they crush us, and those first impressions don't go away. So First impression series was using crumpled paper to symbolise that. And I really got interested in paper and the step before paper is called cellulose. It's paper pulp. And it's called cellulose because it's made of cells. It's literally pure cells, the fundamental structural unit of a plant. But, of course, for humans, the fundamental structural unit is also the cell. So cellulose is a really interesting material to use. Paper pulp is an interesting material to use to symbolize people. So what I did was was take paper pulp and spread it thinly, spread it too thin to see what would happen to it. And of course, when you spread something too thin, it frays, it breaks, it cracks, it becomes fragile. Yeah. And I think it's it very much relates to what most people around the world are currently experiencing, which is feeling spread too thin. There's a cost of living crisis across most of the world. People feel financially stretched. They feel attentionally stretched by social Mm. media and marketing on all platforms, traditional and modern platforms. We feel challenged in crowded social situations in cities that are too large for us to feel like we are part of something. So the Spread Too Thin series was really about symbolizing in cellulose, in paper, 
how people are feeling mentally about being spread too thin in contemporary life. Mm -hmm. Wow. And how do you remedy that? I don't. Because <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's too big for me. But what I was doing really was drawing attention to it. I think a lot mm. of people spread themselves too thin without realizing it. They don't question what they're doing, why they're doing it, if it's working, what the alternatives are to spreading yourself mm -hmm. too thin, you know. So what I'm doing is drawing attention to it and getting the audience to think about, oh, am I spreading myself too thin? How does that feel? Why am I doing that? What's the alternative to doing that? Yeah. Yeah, no, that that awareness um, starts the process of actually identifying ways to to deal with it and, 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 and release some of the pressure, right? We It just self-imposed added pressure. It's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, you have, tell me about some of the, the work that you do. You know, you, you get to help a lot of people. Yeah, well, when I was a, when I was the therapist, um, it is. It's very. I think it's very obviously helpful. So, one of the things I struggled was with actually was actually leaving that profession for a new one because therapists people go, oh, aren't you a lovely person? You're so good mm. helping other people. It's you know, it's very apparent. It's slightly more challenging to just the, justify being an artist. But I think if I can drag the art, the psychology into the art. It's a continuance of that. It uses art as a way of helping people reflect on their inner life rather than doing it through therapy, if you like. Yeah, and it's a beautiful marriage because um, it's expressive. It's self-expression. Art is self-expression. And mm -hmm. you think about psychology being able to express what's happening um, to be able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Tell me, how do you prepare yourself? How do you get up, dress up and show up? How do you make sure you, Valerie, is equipped and ready to help those around her? Are you asking my morning routine at this yeah, point? What's your morning routine like? Yeah, what's your morning routine like? Some well, of the habits. As you probably know, your morning starts with the evening before, doesn't it? Uh -huh, it does. Um, so I make sure that I don't watch things on the computer or on the or I don't have a television actually at all so the computer that would upset me late at night I make sure mm -hmm. of that I, I'm happy, I don't mind watching challenging things but I don't do it at 10 o'clock at night that's a very yeah. bad idea mm -hmm. um, I turn the lights down very early in the evening so I, my body's knowing it's night time and I, d I don't eat sugar I mean I don't have a I almost don't eat sugar at all, but I don't have a sugary diet late in the afternoon or evening either. So I'm trying to make my body settle down, yeah. have a good night's sleep. And then in the morning, I take time to wake up. So I, I lay in bed and think about what I want to accomplish for the day, because it's very easy once you get up for the day to tell you what it wants yeah. from you, for other people to tell you what they want from you and to get off track. So I try to think about what I want to accomplish. I eat a fairly light breakfast, though I don't think a, a high-protein breakfast is a problem. I think if that suits you, that's a good idea. I drink tea, so I'm hydrated. I take some supplements that are good for the mind. And I try to go outside and get sunlight. So that's yeah. very important. Sunlight in the eyes is really important for triggering your circadian rhythm to yeah. increase your energy levels at the beginning of the day. And then I do yoga as well. So as as cerebral and esoteric as art sounds you're still a body doing it and if you're doing it and your back hurts then that it, it distracts you from being successful so I do yeah. yoga every morning to make sure that I'm physically 
relaxed, um, but strong to do what I would want to do next. Yeah. And it's the little things like getting the sunlight to optimize your your circadian so you do fall asleep easier the night before. And a lot of people say that. It starts the night before. You have to be intentional. Um, Absolutely. Ideally, the whole day. Yeah. Um, I like your notion of actually a brain just kind of processing what you want to do the next day, planning ahead. What happens is it's almost like a brain dump where you're kind of giving the subconscious mind something to look forward to or work towards while you sleep because mm-hmm. it's actually planning out, figuring out the best way to accomplish those things that you've actually intentionally thought about mm-hmm. um, before going going to bed. And so now those those are easy things to do. You know, it's just a, a, a tension shift. All of that's free. Aside from supplements, all of that is is free. So you can do a lot for yourself at no cost. Yeah, and why not? And in the benefits, let's talk about the benefits you reap. Yeah, well, I, I, for me, I start then feeling physically ready mm-hmm. and and mentally focused rather than being dragged away into other people's agenda. So I know if I don't do that. I go on the computer, I go on Facebook, I I can you can burn hours at the beginning of the day with other people's agendas and I find if I don't do that also I get sleepier through the day. Mm. So I need to be active, fairly active and alert at the beginning to stay that way for as many hours as possible. If I don't do that I I get to 12 o'clock and I feel like a nap, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how the energy level changes um, because the day does get away from you. It does run away with you. The people's agendas kick in. But if you spend that 10, 15 minutes, even at night and in the morning to actually center yourself, then you're in control of the day, the agenda, the calendar, the people, the meetings, the emails, all of it. That's really the point of doing the morning routine. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, I suppose it, in general, it says I'm in charge here. Yeah. Mm. And in that self, that comes back to that self-care, that self-love, that self-worthiness where you're like, I put me first and then I can take care of everyone else. Because, you know, if you're ill, you're in a bed, you know, you can't really do that. No, absolutely. And I, I think that's women in particular, I think, are very susceptible to martyring themselves and thinking that putting themselves last is a very noble pursuit. I'm all for helping others. I mean, I'm very focused on helping mm-hmm. other people. but I know I'm better at that if I'm better. Yeah, well put. I'm better at that if I'm better in helping others. Very well put. So, Valerie, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you? Uh, If you want to, you can go to the website, which is veryvalerieellis.com. And people sometimes say, well, why very? And if you meet me, I'm I'm quite intense. Like people have always said, oh, you're very intense. And um, so I thought, and for years I would defend myself against that. And then I thought, bugger it. I'm going, I am intense. So I'm going to embrace that. So the website yeah. is very Valerie Ellis because I am very. And then it's the same name on Instagram if people want to connect there. And it's the same name on Facebook. Very nice. Thank you so much for sharing. It's been quite a delight having you on the show today. Thanks, Dr. Lineed. Awesome. Well, all right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. 
be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.